<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Happy to have you with us today. Today, we should take a look at where we are as we approach November 8 and the midterm elections. There's a lot going on, some of which is public and above board. A lot more is still in the shadows and out of sight, far from the prying eyes of American citizens who prize integrity in our elections, honesty in our elected officials, and insist on the public's right to know what their government is doing. We'll be talking with Kyle Arguin, Secretary of State for Louisiana, a national leader in the campaign to assure fair elections, honest elections in the great state of Louisiana and Kelly Ward, chair of the Republican Party in Arizona, on the fight for electoral integrity in Arizona. They'll be with us here in a few minutes. Some of what's going on with the midterms now only coming to light. We've learned that the Biden administration is now teaming up with Chinese-owned TikTok, if you can believe this, to partner with the Federal Voting Assistance Program. The Gateway Pundit reporting that development. By the way, the FCC telling tech companies two months ago to remove TikTok from their app stores as it surveils American users. There are an estimated 6 million American voters overseas. Good to know that the Biden regime and the Marxist Dems are still working for the American people. And if you're worried about a recurrence of the Zuckerbucks intervention in the 2020 election, Facebook, we're told, is planning to protect the 2022 midterms. Forty teams with hundreds of people to prevent interference, giving reliable information to voters. And oh yes, they'll be partnering again with the Biden regime through an alliance with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. In other words, there will be direct interference by government in our 2022 elections. This is truly scary, folks. Where is the outcry from the Republican leadership? This is a foundation for a repeat of 2020 and a further intrusion by the federal government into state elections. And so it goes. Joining us now, the Louisiana Secretary of State, Kyle Arguin, who is not only credited with leading election reform in his great state, but setting the standard for the rest of the country. Arguin has terminated Louisiana's relationship with a highly controversial and criticized electronic information system called ERIC. It's a nationwide voter registration system that is partly funded by George Soros. 31 states are voluntary members of ERIC, and Louisiana is the first of those states to withdraw, expressing serious concerns about election security. Secretary Arguin has also ordered all Louisiana election officials to retain election records not only for the upcoming midterms, but for 2020 as well. Kyle Arguin, good to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Thanks for all you're doing for election integrity. 
How do you feel right now about Louisiana's readiness for the upcoming midterms? Well, I think we're we're very much prepared for it. Uh, we have been uh, working very hard to uh, make sure that uh, uh, everything is on the up and up, and that we have are are uh, prepared. Um, to make certain that uh, people are eligible to vote in person. Um, And, um, you know, when 97% of our people voted in person during COVID, during the presidential election, I thought that was a really um, a great um, thing for us um, because people were were certain, they wanted to make certain that their vote counted. Um, And and we're still doing that now. We fought back, um, you know, additional mail-in voting. Uh, we fought back on um, vote harvesting. Uh, we had passed legislation to prevent that from politicians to political parties to uh, political action committees to to uh, the nonprofits. Uh, we we feel good where we are. We worked really hard. Um, we had just um, had an audit done by the Louisiana Legislative Auditors, and they provided us um, with what they believe uh, is that Louisiana has done a phenomenal job in terms of keeping integrity in our elections. Um, and um, they noted, um, you know, a new, numerous things, about five things that we were doing really well, which was uh, working hard to keep our lists accurate by using out-of-state information. Um, to make sure that we had a cure process that was clearly defined in law um, so people could, who utilized mail balloting uh, couldn't uh, uh, fake it but could surely make sure that their vote counted. Um, and. Uh, of course, verification after the election. Um, And so we just passed some additional legislation to provide for uh, us to be able to start an audit process. Um, We're in the middle of uh, working towards um, uh, paper-based voting system. And so we're really excited about where we're headed. I I think that uh, Louisianians um, trust their elections and uh, we work every day with uh, patriots to, to, to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. Well, that's wonderful, and uh, and I think a lot of people probably they their ears sort of hit the brakes when they when you said you used the words paper-based system, uh, when everybody else seems to be talking about electronic voting first and foremost. Uh, give us give us an idea of what you mean when you talk about a paper-based voting system. Well, we want uh, voters to be able to verify their vote. Um, so either um, use of a hand-marked paper ballot or a uh, ballot marking device and the voter verify their their uh, vote um, prior to casting it um, in, in a formal way. That way, when, um, when all is said and done, uh, we can do um, a full audit or a risk-limiting audit, whichever the, the people provi- prefer for us to do, um, whatever passes the legislature. Um, we want to make sure that the, the election, the vote tally is accurate, and that's, that's the most important thing because that gives voters the confidence that their, their votes were accurately counted um, and, and reported um, to the public. Now, every every state in the union is using voting machines in some fashion. What what voting system are you using, electronic voting? Oh, uh, we are using uh, Dominion. Um, we have uh, we started out some years back uh, when you know after the Florida um, presidential race where there was hanging chads. Um, they used the original previous administrations used the um, original Hava money to buy. Uh, electronic voting machines. And so 
Um, Louisiana is determined, I'm determined as Secretary of State to have a paper-based system so that um, our voters are able to make sure that their, their votes are accurately counted. Um, with all the concerns um, around the country and what happened in many of the swing states, you know, I feel like that's an important thing. And we've been working towards this. Uh, we've hit a couple of bumps in the road over the last several years um, because of the, the fighting between the uh, the vendors. You know, it's a very um, niche market. There's only five major companies, and so the competition is pretty hefty. And um, they use uh, um, all means available legal um, and political in order to try to uh, win contracts. And so that's what we've been up against in the last uh, several years. So with Dominion, uh, which has been the focus of some considerable criticism and concern and uh, and lawsuits as well, uh, it's what are your plans with Dominion itself? Well, we are we have met with Dominion now uh, three times in the last uh, month. Um, we have made sure that um, all of the um, mitigation efforts that are necessary to make sure uh, that the, the early voting machines are working properly. Our election day machines aren't technically Dominion machines. They go back to a company called Diabold and Sequoia um, that ended up being uh, bought out by, by Dominion. So I, I pushed hard to to find out what was in Dr. Haldeman's report. Last December, I, I sued um, to try to be um, uh, admitted into the court case in Georgia so that I could get the information to secure our machines uh, moving forward. And uh, I was um, denied that by the judge. Um, the Secretary of State uh, in Georgia also opposed my intervention. Um, so I started pushing for um, CISA to get involved and um, to help us make certain that we had um, the information we needed uh, in order to, um, to to fix any possible vulnerabilities. So um, we've, we've utilized all the recommendations from CISA, uh, but in addition to that, uh, we had about 12 additional recommendations that my staff came up with that we're currently working on um, to mitigate any concerns moving forward. Now, a lot of folks right now are wondering, you know, this is an awfully complicated subject. And when you talk about Sequoia and Diebold, and just a matter of uh, complete uh, uh, transparency here, I started working on the issue of electronic voting uh, and its and the concerns with it in a democracy uh, 20 years ago. And Sequoia and Diebold, Diebold was actually first, then Sequoia, then uh, Dominion. Uh, but those old systems had immense vulnerabilities. You're not saying that this, the current Dominion machines have the same, uh, let's say, troubled or concerning uh, aspects to them that uh, existed 20 years ago, are you? No, uh, what I'm saying, you know, 20 years ago, obviously the technology wasn't the same as today. Uh, right. I think. In terms of, of today's efforts, I think the concern is how far has the technology come um, and are we able to um, make sure that they're accurately counting uh, votes as people intend to vote. And that's why a paper-based system is so important uh, in order to, to confirm accuracy um, or 
uh, in some cases, allow voters not to have to use the machines at all. At all. I think what we need to do, and I think it's um, incumbent upon states to make sure that the, whatever is used to tally the votes is separate from the actual machines that either mark ballots or record um, uh, voters' intent and uh, not be the actual tallies uh, machinery. Um, and then, obviously- That's, a, that's uh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, to separate separate the ballots uh, and, uh, if you will, the, the counting machines, uh, voting machines and counting machines. Is that an easy way to say it, or is it incorrect? That's, that's an easy way to say it. That's exactly right. So I, I think that's smart as smart as can be. Uh, are you are your machines in any way hooked to the internet? No, uh, never have been. Um, we know that um, that vulnerability exists, so we check for it. We have tamper-proof seals that we put um, on our machines. Um, the old machines don't even have any capability. They're they're so old, um, and. Um, so they're just basically, uh, a, you know, uh, a, um, a calculator, if you will. Um, but the newer machines, the early voting machines, um, and the machines, I guess, that are used in the state of Georgia uh, and elsewhere are, um, you know, newer technology. And so you have to make sure that, um, one, you, you provide for tamper-proof seals so people can't get into them. You keep them under lock and key. And um, in Louisiana, um, I, we don't allow the vendor to program any of our machines. Uh, all of our, our ballots are programmed um, by us uh, in our state, by my employees, and then programmed onto the machines directly. So we don't let the uh, vendors touch the machines once we they're in our possession and, and we utilize them. But again, Lou, it's, you know, the more you can air gap things, the more that you can separate uh, productivity. So, you know, the the machines mark the ballots or you allow individuals to mark their ballots and then you separate that from the tabulators um, and let the tabulators do their job uh, without any Wi-Fi connectivity, sort of just a you know a dumb calculator kind of thing. Um, and then you and then you audit uh, the tabulators afterwards. That you know if if we want quick results, then we're going to have to use automation. Um, if people don't care about how long it takes to count votes, which I, I think they do because they're worried about undue influence in the process, um, then then you have to. You have to figure out how can I get unofficial results and then how can I audit it after the election to make sure that um, before we certify um, that everything was accurate. And, and I think that's the key. That's what I think that's what Americans are looking for all across the country. I think that's I think that's well said, Kyle. Uh, and Americans right now are a little tired. I mean, you just used the reference to early voting. Early voting has become a category unto itself uh, with greater precedence and more time available and uh, an attempt to attract people to, uh, in many states, uh, early voting or, you know, incessant voting, if you will. This has become a, instead of an election day, this has become across most of the country, I believe is a fair statement. Uh, it's election season for crying out loud. Uh, and this is creating in and of itself, as you well know, immense distrust and skepticism about the integrity of uh, each state's voting uh, systems. 
Yeah, uh, Lou, that's why I, I pursue and, and, and push hard in-person voting um, because I think that's the best way for individuals to make sure that their vote was cast as accurately as possible. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of mail voting. I know that, that that is a process by which we have to utilize for, you know, elderly, uh, for sick, um, uh, disabled individuals, uh, and people who travel a lot. I get that. But the more that you can have people vote in person gives the voter the best shot at making sure that their vote is um, is accurately counted. And one thing we do in Louisiana that's different from many other states, uh, I don't want to say all states because I just don't know their all their details, but for Louisiana, if you vote by absentee, one, you have to request the, the ballot um, by filling out a, a form identifying yourself and giving the reason why you're asking for an absentee ballot and you have to sign it um, as if you were attesting and, uh, you know, um, testifying in court against, you know, perjury, possible perjury, et cetera. So then once that's processed and the registrar believes, the local registrar believes that that's a legitimate request, then the ballot's sent. We track all that when it's returned and every single absentee ballot that is to be counted has to be in the registrar's office by 4.30 p.m. the day before the election. That way then we can process it and make sure, one, the, the person's removed from the uh, election day rolls. We, we do a supplemental list that goes to every precinct in the state on election morning. And, um, and if that ballot is not in by 4.30 p.m. the day before the election, it is not counted. Whereas in other states, and we, we saw this in 2020 in the presidential election, states were still counting ballots that came in if they had a, a postmark days after the election. And I just don't think that's – see, when, when you talk about election season – you know, I don't know any hunter that can uh, go duck hunting or deer hunting after the season's over. It's not – there's no possibility for that. It ends on the day, and I think that's what – that's the problem we're having right now um, and a lot why there's a lack of confidence in the process because elections turn after election day, and it just doesn't make sense. Absolutely, and I want to point out to everybody uh, that the Secretary of State of Louisiana – uh, Secretary Arguin has uh, made it certain that there will be no ballot harvesting. Uh, tell us about uh, how you how that went and how much opposition you had to get it done. Well, it uh, actually it um, it passed uh, early on, uh, I believe, in 2020, and before people really understood um, in depth what ballot harvesting could, would look like. Uh, and, and so we were able to uh, pass it bipartisanly and, and have the governor sign it. But what we did was we wanted to make sure um, within our, our current system um, that any expansion for, for COVID, the minuscule expansion that we had uh, for um, absentee-by-mail voting, uh, would not uh, create a, a problem for our election. And so we wanted to make sure that no political party, no political candidate or campaign, uh, no uh, political action committee, uh, and no uh, 501c3 or 501c4 quote-unquote nonprofit organizations um, were, would create an advantage um, for one side or the other. Um, so we outlawed them being able to um, 
uh, harvest absentee ballot requests or absentee ballots. Um, and, um, you know, in Louisiana, the only time uh, someone can turn in a ballot for another person is if it's a family member or if it's a neighbor, you can do one or the other, but you can't do both. Um, and if it's for immediate family, you can only bring in two, but you have to bring them in person. You have to show ID and you have to fill out a form um, saying that you were given uh, permission to do this, what your relationship is to those individuals, uh, and you have to show your ID um, so that we can confirm who you are and you have to sign it under uh, penalty of um, law, uh, which is um, an election fraud, um, which is a felony uh, in the state of Louisiana. So. Um, you know, we we tightened it all up. We made sure we were going to have integrity in our elections, and we made sure that that um, organizations weren't going to be able to manipulate our elections. So, um, I was really excited when when we got that uh, that uh, legislation passed. Absolutely, Let, Zucker Bucks. Uh, I think most people yeah. understand it. Uh, uh, primarily, the the four hundred and fifteen million dollars that uh, Mark Zuckerberg threw into the election. Uh, to tip the scales in favor of the Democrats in the uh, 2020 election. Uh, you tried to ban Zuckerbucks uh, in Louisiana, uh, but as I understand it, your Democratic governor there, John Bell Edwards, didn't like it. So he wanted to have that uh, that freedom that Zuckerbucks bring. Uh, your reaction? Uh, frustrated, uh, uh, aggravated. Uh, obviously, it uh, when you look at what Zuckerbucks uh, did, and uh, we put it on the record, the manipulation and and how it was used to to change the outcome of the election, uh, and where those dollars were spent, and how those dollars were spent. Um, you know, it. it it's very frustrating. I, in my opinion, uh, along with uh, my attorney general and the author of the legislation two years in a row, um, Representative Blake Miguez, uh, we we all together uh, fought that issue and wanted to make sure that no outside money um, gets infiltrates our local election offices. Um, and and you know, it's frustrating to me that it's such a political issue because if you look at it from um, either side of the aisle, if you will, then you, you could see how individuals or um, small groups with a lot of money could um, manipulate an, the outcome of an election. And um, it, it's for me, as an election official, as a chief elections officer of the state of Louisiana, it's my job to make sure that everybody knows the rules and the, the, the playing field is level and that we have a, a honest, accurate, secure election. And you can't do that when private money is infiltrating the election administration. Um, you know, when you start giving so money to different... So, so what are you going to um, do about we, it? I, I mean... Well, we don't allow for ballot boxes in the state of Louisiana, so uh, we're going to watch for it. The Attorney General and I are, are watching for it. If anything occurs, we're going straight to court. We're going to we're going to stop its usage. Luckily, I have more authority as the Chief Elections Officer in the state of Louisiana to direct how elections are handled um, across our state, and so I'm able to to stop some of the shenanigans um, that might uh, um, be utilized or that was utilized in 2020. Well, you also had the authority to suspend participation in the so-called elect uh, the electronic registration uh, center, uh, the system yeah. called ERIC. 
uh, you're very upset with uh, with the fact that it didn't seem to you that it was helping you in any way uh, to boost the accuracy or voter rolls or uh, assure election integrity. Uh, tell us more about that. Well, I felt um, when looking at it in depth, I didn't feel like the security measures are there. Um, uh, I didn't feel like that there was enough um, third-party uh, auditing to make certain that our that voters' data was not being infiltrated by third parties and then manipulated. Um, as you know, um, one of the significant things about um, the ERIC um, operation is that they use motor vehicle information from all the states. Um, and And so, when you're able to do that, my concern is, are they manipulating it? They force us to to try to um, register unregistered voters, which is fine. That's an important thing when if people want to get registered to vote and participate. But what they didn't do is they didn't force states to um, clean up their voter rolls. Uh, and that was evident uh, post the 2020 presidential election. And so um, I, I just felt like it was there are other opportunities out there that we can look forward to to clean up our roles, and um, I'll work in, in those directions and not not uh, put Louisiana at risk of having um, our voter rolls uh, manipulated um, or voter data manipulated um, for um, by third parties um, without any security mechanisms. Uh, is there is there any question about the people who run Eric uh, who? Uh have funded Eric uh, and perhaps political purposes as well? Well, I, you know, I don't want to get into personalities because it really wasn't a personality issue. It was more about how the process worked and uh, which companies had contracts and, and how the, um, the operations, uh, the information was exchanged and who had access or didn't have access and how that was audited. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of stories out there as to how it got started. Uh, I will say this, you know, there are some, uh, a member or two on the board of directors that probably shouldn't be there. And I know that there's some secretary of state, uh, Republicans that are seeking some reforms uh, of Eric, um, but until that's um, accomplished, I felt like it was just best for Louisiana to remove itself from the situation altogether. Well, uh, so as, as we're wrapping up here, Kyle, give us a sense, if you will, uh, and we always give our guests the, the, the last word, uh, give us a sense about how you feel this election will go. You're I want you to, if you would, give us a sense of first Louisiana, uh, but then also your confidence level about the integrity of the the national uh, midterm elections. Sure. So I, you know, I feel good about where we are uh, uh, in Louisiana. I feel even better as to where we're headed. Um, you know, we had a uh, my staff and I had a two-hour meeting. My election staff um, going through um, all the issues that we feel are important to make sure uh, that we continue to build confidence for the people of Louisiana that their vote will be uh, securely and accurately counted uh, in this upcoming election. Uh, we continue to look for ways to improve our processes and procedures uh, to build upon the. Um, the, the legislative auditor's report uh, from this last spring, from last year's statewide election uh, that was reported this 
this past spring. Uh, we're continuing to look at ways that we can make sure that our voter rolls are, are as up to date as possible. Uh, obviously, given the fact that the governor um, vetoed a second time legislation, that would have helped me clean up um, our voter rolls even more. Uh, but we're going to, you know, we're, I'm not stopping here. I'm determined to, to get to the paper-based process that we need in Louisiana. Um, I feel good about um, you know, uh, having just concluded a, a national conference in Baton Rouge uh, with my colleagues, uh, everybody is um, keen on doing what they need to do in their states. Um, I, I feel really good um, about um, the what, what Lou. What I, I'd like to say this: I, I am appreciative of the patriots all around the country. For the first time, people are asking tough questions of their election officials, and I don't think it's an insult. Um, at first, I, I probably did, um, but in discernment, um, I, I realize, you know, people are waking up, people are noticing, people want to make sure that their elections are running right, um, that their elections have integrity, and they're asking all the right questions, and, and that's, what, that's what our country is about. If our leaders don't listen to the people on the ground, the voters themselves, then how can we ever improve and how can we give them the confidence level that they need that their democracy is not being stolen from them or, the, excuse me, their republic is not being stolen from them. Um, so I, I feel better than ever uh, just because of the patriots that are working so hard to, to hold election officials accountable, and I'm one of them, and I thank them for it. Well. Kyle, we appreciate so much you being with us, and we thank you for everything you're doing for the great state of Louisiana and and across the country. We appreciate it, and uh, I wish you all the very best as Election Day closes in on us uh, with less than three months to go now. Thanks so much, and, and God bless you, Kyle. Thanks, Lou. God bless you. And now we turn to the Arizona chair of the Republican Party, Kelly Ward. Kelly is also concerned about election integrity, of course, in her state. She's also credited with pulling the GOP together, building a great slate of candidates, and creating a MAGA Republican Party unified throughout the primaries and looks to be running strong come November. Kelly Ward, great to talk with you again and have you with us here on The Great America Show. And congratulations on your success as you look forward now to November 8th. Thank you, Lou. Yes, we embraced the America First um, mantra before the 2020 election and since, and we've been fighting to bring the power back to the people here in our state. There was a time, Lou, and you know, you watched it happen under John McCain and other people like him, where they amassed all kinds of political power. Uh, they took it away from our precinct committeemen. They took it away from our voters and they really hoarded it to themselves. And it was detrimental to our state. Look, we ended up right now, we have two Democrats as our senators. We have a congressional delegation that is five Democrats to four Republicans. We almost lost our legislature to the Democrats, for goodness sake. And that was under that kind of leadership, um, which I personally think was not very good leadership. And now yeah. we have really activated the people to come back to life and to come back to the party because they understand that we do want to make America great again and they want to help us do it. And you've got to feel good about uh, being able to back that up with a very important statistic uh, uh, and uh, turnout record, the best turnout in primary history in the state of Arizona, right? 
Yes, we had record-breaking turnout for the primary. And of that turnout, 85 to 90% were Republicans who showed up to vote. They wanted to make their voice heard. And when you see our candidates that won, uh, it, it's just, it's spectacular. Every single person that Trump endorsed um, at the top of the ticket, as well as down into some of our legislative races won. We were able also not only to get good people in, we were also able to get some pretty bad people out. Um, one of the biggest political stories I think of this cycle is the um, unelecting of Speaker of the House, Rusty Bowers. Now, the media wants to say, oh, they censured Rusty Bowers because of his testimony at the January 6th committee. It had nothing to do with January 6th. And I can tell you that here on the ground, nobody even talks about January 6th. Nobody cares about January 6th. They care about the economy. They care about gas prices. They care about the border being secured. They care about education with our kids. They do not care about J6. But with Rusty Bowers, he was censured because instead of sticking with the Republican Party platform and championing those things that our voters care about and the people of Arizona care about, he went the way of the Democrats. And we as Republicans and leaders in the Republican Party have to hold our own people accountable because if we, if we don't, they will continue to move us to the left. They will continue to allow the Democrat policies that are so detrimental to our communities, to our state and to our nation to go into effect, maybe a little bit more slowly than they would if it was all Democrats in charge. But we can't have Republicans who are assisting in that effort. Well, good for you. And this is precisely, the, I think, the lesson for, for Republicans across the country. Hold your party members and office holders in, hold them accountable, because that's what the Democrats do. It's why they have a unified voice. You don't hear, uh, you know, you don't hear Democrats in name only, uh, do you? But you Never. sure hear it about Republicans, and yes. the rhinos at the national level are a huge toxic cesspool of trouble for the uh, national party. Uh, it is, uh, it's, I, I'm just so proud of you for getting that done, and for the party in, uh, in Arizona. To, to do so. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll, put, I'll say it's just straight up. I want Kelly Ward to replace Ronald McDaniels right now. Uh, so if you would put that on your, your, your maybe you might consider to-do list. Uh, well, but I, I think Ronna has a, a terrible job. It's a, it's a very big challenge. I know just at the state level what a challenge it is because um, you're always making somebody mad. Um, I think that there are a lot of establishment Republicans, and they like to now call themselves institutionalists. They are institutionalists, which I actually think is worse for them to call themselves than establishment. Um, they are shaking in their boots because of what we were able to accomplish here in Arizona. They've been trying to get rid of me for a long time, Lou, you know, um, because if we had another chairman of this party in Arizona sitting here today, we would not have Carrie Lake for governor. We would not have Blake Masters for Senate. We would not have Abraham Hamaday for attorney general, Mark Fincham for secretary of state. Those people would not be at the table. They would have been smashed beyond uh, repair in some cases. And instead, uh, we'd have the establishment automatons that will do the bidding of the big donors of the consulting class. And instead, we have people that will work 
for the people of our state and of this nation to put things back on track. Well, it's just, I, I think everyone listening to your voice right now has to feel very good about uh, what the Republican Party, state by state, is accomplishing yeah. despite an absence, and this is me speaking, not uh, not Kelly Ward, what you're doing President despite Trump, Republican President National Trump Committee. Called me. That's right. We're doing it. I mean, sometimes it is despite uh, outside influences from the, the National Committee, from activists, from uh, consultants. But we are working very, very hard to create the unity that we need. Um, this is not the same kind of unity that Republicans uh, in name only have demanded from conservatives for years. This is actually come to the party and let's win. Not Their view was come to the party bend the knee to the establishment um, or we're going to oust you. We're going to get rid of you. But I will tell you, President Trump called me a couple of days ago and it, it, it was um, just such an honor. I've talked to him a lot, but he called me this time to say, thank you for what you did. You, you have shown what a great leader you are and I'm so proud of you. Oh, whenever Donald J. Trump says, I'm so proud of you. Let me just tell you, it 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 makes you get uh, goosebumps because he's seen it. He's gone through it. He knows what I've gone through. And to know that I've done well is uh, is all the reward I need. Well, and, and it's exactly what he has envisioned for some years now is to have a party that comes together, works together, and from which from which his administration uh, in 2025, uh, can draw immense talent uh, and have a party that is united also in governance, which was something that you know, President Trump, as you well know, has been fighting political persecution from the from the latter half of 2016 as a candidate through now and uh, his entire presidency, staving off a, a, a coup by the deep state. The, the radical Marxist Dems who fought him on every issue on every level. Uh, yes. So it's he's and he did it without a lot of help in right. that cabinet and in that administration, as you well know. Well, I think the message that those Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger type Republicans should be getting from Arizona is they're going to be gone. We we are not going to tolerate that kind of internal backstabbing of the leader of our party. Those policies that President Trump brought to the table made things better. And we're seeing it in action, watching these Democrats and their shenanigans, you know, what they've put us through in just 18 months. Um, but those Republicans um, in our state who sometimes want to be backstabbers of the Republican Party and the Republican people and the voters that put them into those offices, this better be a wake up call for them. We have a few more targets for two years from now that if in these next two years, if they're not shaping up and they're not going with our strong leadership here in Arizona, not just with Carrie Lake as governor, but inside the legislature as well, that conservative movement, the people that believe in faith, family and freedom, the people who want small government and low taxes and following the Constitution, personal responsibility. Those are the people that we are amassing here in Arizona, and we want to be a shining example. I don't know why more states, more governors in particular, 
don't follow Ron DeSantis's lead. He is the most popular governor um, with Republicans across the board. Of course, he's a target of the Democrats. Of course, he's a target of the fake news media uh, because he's effective. But if we can create more conservative governors with a backbone, I say that my job here as the chairman of the party is to make sure that our people have a heart, a soul, and a spine. Um, I live it by example, and I want them to know that if you have a heart, a soul, and a spine, you're going to go far, and you're going to help the people who put you into the position um, that you currently hold. And if you don't have a heart, a soul, and a spine, then we're going to hold you accountable, and we're going to unelect you and put better people in. Yeah, well, good for you, and I couldn't agree with you more, and I think most uh, most of the country, and I'm not talking about just Republicans. I think most Americans want the Republican Party and the leadership of Donald Trump uh, to be exactly that. Uh, and I, I love the, the description. But, but to the issue of, of the governors, as you raise it, uh, right now, the New York Times is blaming Republican governors for causing havoc by, as the governor there in Arizona, Governor uh, Abbott in uh, Texas, uh, busing uh, illegal aliens to the nation's capital or New York City. Uh, it, it's havoc if governors do it, but if Joe Biden is doing it, putting them on buses, moving them all across the country in the dead of night, and by the way, we're talking somewhere around 1.6 million in the first year of his administration, all over the country, uh, and dropping them in in private uh, chartered aircraft as well. And this this is this ignorant uh, hypocrisy and deceit on the part of the corporate left media, like the New York Times, like ABC News, like CBS, MSNBC, you name it. Uh, it it's just ridiculous. And they're uh, it, heroes. They're not. Right. They're not raising havoc. They're creating hell for the people who are causing hell on our on our middle class, our working men and women, and their families all across America. You're exactly right. And and um, it. I agree with Carrie Lake when she says, I don't want them to be further into our country. I want them to be gone. But the message that has been sent by um, putting just a few of these illegal immigrants, illegal aliens into these liberal bastions has been um, spectacular. They, they didn't care whenever they allowed illegal aliens into Arizona for decades and how it affected every aspect of our society, from healthcare to education to public safety to our judiciary. Our very judiciary is clogged up with people who shouldn't even be in our country. And so um, I, I love that the, the message was sent by, by Governor Abbott and others that they got to see it in action. I mean, their services in their play, in their liberal states are being taxed by people who shouldn't be there. They didn't care when it was in conservative Arizona, when it was in conservative Texas. They, they didn't care about that one bit. And so I love, I love the message that it sent. And maybe, just maybe, I mean, you see that Joe Biden's saying that we're going to start building Trump's wall again here in Arizona, in Yuma. Now, they... Yeah, they think that's going to help Mark Kelly in the Senate race, but people's <laughs> eyes have been opened. We're going to get Blake Masters, amazing, smart, young, dynamic fighter 
into the United States Senate. It's not just going to help Arizona. It's going to help this whole country. And yes, we are going to finish the wall. We're going to build Trump's wall. And I appreciate Biden helping us do it. Yeah, you know, if indeed we do see even uh, any effort at all that will help the human sector uh, along that border in particular, slow down uh, sex trafficking, the the exportation by Mexico of the ingredients they get from China, the deadly fentanyl poisonings uh, that are so successful that over 100,000 deaths and the numbers go perhaps twice that much, uh, that twice that high. Uh, it's a fentanyl poisoning designed by China and Mexico, and it's being unleashed on the entire country. And that makes this president, this administration, Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of DHS, that makes them all pro-cartel because the cartels are controlling all of that traffic across that border. And I mean, on both sides of that border. Don't you agree? Uh, I do. I do. And and many people in our government know who these people are, but they've been either fearful or complicit with the people that are in charge of our border that actually are from across the border bringing bad things into our country. The the human trafficking, the toll it takes on women and children in particular is horrific. Um, I'm a doctor, you know, I'm a family physician. Seeing the fentanyl poisoning and seeing the the just the the sadness and the um, the terrible things that happen to families because of if they're not killed by fentanyl, their lives are ruined by fentanyl. And um, we have to stop it. You, we, we are the most welcoming country to people that want to come here. We allow more people to come to the United States than any other country. But we all know that everyone cannot come to the United States. I think it's our job to export free market capitalism and freedom and the love of, of each other to these other countries so that their boats can rise in their own countries. Because when they come to the United States, many of them are not able to have a boat that rises because they don't speak the language, they don't share the culture, they don't uh, like the food that we have, they aren't able to get jobs, they aren't able to take care of themselves and they end up being dependent on the government, which is the worst place for anybody to be. I would rather see these countries around the world grow, thrive and help their citizens to survive and thrive there rather than here. Absolutely. And and by the way, uh, this is at the design. This is the design of the Marxist left Dems. Uh, that party wants them dependent, wants them uh, dependent upon government. And by the way, by uh, extension, the Marxist Dem party for their welfare, for social safety nets. And and by the way, uh, the, all of the NGOs and uh, not-for-profits that are bringing them here, giving them money and supporting them uh, through the the good offices of George Soros or whichever billionaire or oligarch uh, you want to talk about, American oligarch. Uh, it's it's a messed up world right now when we have this going on and we have a wide open border despite all of the deadly drugs, all of the sex trafficking, the human smuggling. It's disgusting. It's appalling mm-hmm. that we have a, an entire party that is pro-cartel, pro-deadly drugs, and don't give a damn about the deaths of over 100,000 Americans. Fentanyl now is the number one cause of death 
folks, 18 to 45. If you're an American, 18 to 45 right now, the leading cause of death in your demographic is fentanyl. Think about that. That's insane that we were to have this level of national uh, poisoning being carried out by the Chinese and Mexico without any response by this administration, even to defend the American people, let alone uh, exact retribution against these uh, evil uh, people in Mexico, the cartels, and in China, the CCP, that condones it all. Well, they definitely are terrorists. And and imagine, I've heard Sheriff Mark Lamb down from Pinal County. I think he's been on with you, Lou. If he hasn't, you need to get him on. But he's talked about how um, if 200,000 people were killed in a bombing uh, of the United States, there would be outrage. There would be demands to do something. But whenever 200,000 people in a very short period of time are killed by the importation of fentanyl by China and Mexico and and nothing's done, they just wring their hands and say there's nothing that we can do. There are plenty of things that we can do. We just don't have people at the top who are willing to do it, either because they're afraid or because they're complicit. Those are the only two choices. I want people, even in the Democrat Party, I, I would love to see the Biden administration. And I always put a quote around administration because we don't know what those people are doing. We certainly know that Joe Biden is not heading up anything. But I would love for them to have a spine and to put a stop to this cartel violence, to put a stop to the deaths of Americans that could be stopped if we had a secure border and we actually followed the immigration laws that we currently have on the books. They're always trying to find ways to skirt that so that more people can flood into this country uh, legally or illegally. And that's got we've got to put a halt on that so we can get things under control here on our side. Absolutely. And it's great to see a group of candidates, uh, MAGA America First candidates, uh, Blake Masters, Abe Hamada, uh, and Carrie Lake, uh, at the top of the, the top of that list. Those are people. I have to say, I'm impressed with all three. Uh, they've all been well, except Blake Masters. He hasn't been on the show. Uh, they've yes. been on the show, and they are impressive as they can be. Yeah. Uh, I you, really you think at- they'll make a difference. The average age of that ticket with Blake Lake and Abe, Blake Lake and Abe, is is 39 years old. When you look at Abe Hamaday, he's 31. He's served in the military. He's been a prosecutor in Maricopa County, the worst county in Arizona, in my opinion. Um, he, he is fierce. He is fearless. Um, and he's ready to go on offense on these things that are affecting our country. Blake Masters just turned 36 just last week. 36, attorney has been done great things in the tech world and in the venture capital world, has three amazing, cute little boys and a wonderful wife. They're homeschooling their boys because they don't want that indoctrination of the public school, of the government school. They want education, not indoctrination. And then, of course, the great Carrie Lake. Carrie is a movement unto herself. And she was funny the other night. We were together at a rally just before the primary election. And she said, remember when I called you and said, how do I run for office? And look where we are now. Yes, and we are strong. We are together. We are unified. We are we are going to take it to the left. And we are going to save Arizona. Arizona is going to be the example for America. And we're going to take this country back. Well, and you've got you've got a very important 
uh, race coming up, that is the general election on November 8th, uh, the, the turnout in the primaries, does that carry forward, do you believe, to the general election? Yes, I definitely do. And and one of the things that, you know, the, the other side, the, the, the fake news and some of the establishment type Republicans, they're trying to create this this idea that independents are not with this ticket. I will tell you that independents made up a big portion of the people who pulled a Republican ballot and voted for Blake, Lake, and Abe, and Mark Fincham, and Tom Horn, and all of our candidates down the, the, down the, the pipe. Um, so independents are already with us, and even some Democrats, these disenfranchised Democrats who somehow were brainwashed into voting for a brainless, so-called leader, Joe Biden, and his cackling cohort, Kamala, uh, they are they are coming to the table. It's going to be a massive red tsunami. That doesn't mean anybody should take anything for granted. Nobody can get complacent. Act as though we are behind by, by 10, by 15, by 20, and work during this time between the primary and general to educate your neighbors, educate the people at church, talk to people people in line at the grocery store and wake them up so that we do put this country back on the right track. So this is, let's get to sort of the, the brass tacks of it all. Uh, right now, one of the reasons I want you to be the, uh, the head of the RNC is because Ronald McDaniel hasn't done a thing as far as I can detect anywhere to bolster uh, the 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 ground game. She assured me in 2020 that they had it all put together. They had the lawyers in position. They had the poll watchers. Uh, and, and by the way, then I started getting phone calls from Philadelphia and from other places uh, from attorneys who couldn't were shoved out of polling stations uh, all around the country. It, it was this has got to stop. The national. Republican committee has to be more than a fundraising group and a PR machine uh, mm -hmm. because the DNC is, has its own skiff, uh, its own portal into the FBI system, for crying out loud, so they can exact punishment against Republicans, conservatives, and anyone associated with Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. We've got to do better than that. And uh, I want to ask you this, because it was a nail-biter, as you well know, with Carrie Lake who was up 10 points in every single poll and had been from the outset of that race. And suddenly you think Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State, uh, and she could have some considerable influence over the outcome of this election. I want to know how confident you are in the integrity of the election in November. Yes. Well, I mean, we always have to have eyes on the process. And, you know, the RNC can't just give lip service. And they do do things, Lou, just so you know, and a lot of people don't know. They do help us here in Arizona to have a great field team um, that works directly with me as a state party. So the people that come here, they have to be America first or they have to be go to a different state. Uh, we, and so we've created a very, very good working relationship with the people um, that are on the RNC side. But that doesn't mean that we take our marching orders from the RNC. We have our own election integrity efforts. We've created an election integrity army, azelectionprotection.com. So if anybody's in Arizona and wants to be a poll watcher, an observer of the process and help us to make sure that the bureaucrats and the people who might want to cheat, they know we've got eyes on the process. And it was great to see uh, some of the things that we did. 
in Pima County, the, uh, the person that worked for the county elections department was training poll workers, telling them incorrectly that they could give Republican ballots to Democrats when they came in. Because we've seen across the country where these Democrats are crossing lines and, and voting in the Republican primaries to try to get the candidates that they think will be easiest to beat. Well, our poll observers saw that, told, you know, sounded the alarm, and we were able to put the stop to that. So Republicans got Republican ballots and Democrats got Democrat ballots only. Pinal County, disaster, disaster. It's the third biggest county in Arizona. And remember, Arizona, Arizona only has 15 counties. Um, Maricopa County is the biggest. It needs to be broken up. Rusty Bowers wouldn't even let that be entertained this last session. It needs to be broken up. But Pinal County, disaster during the election from before the election started with printing ballots that didn't have the right people on them for the right voters to election day where they didn't have enough Republican ballots at 14 polling places to allow Republicans to vote. That was Pinala County again, right? Yes, yes. But but the power of the party, um, Rana uh, joined with me and we put out a, a call that their election director should resign. And the next day he did. Um, and so I'm glad to have, you know, the voice that I have here in Arizona and that Rana added whatever she could add to that effort. And we were able to get that guy out so that come November, Pinal County voters are not disenfranchised. Uh, every voter. But was that guy a Republican? Voter, um, was that guy appointed by the Board of Supervisors? And I believe that he was a Democrat, but I might be wrong. But I, why would a conservative yeah. Board of Supervisors, and those are like county commissioners, appoint a Democrat to such an important position. Um, now we've got the former recorder who stepped down from being the recorder. She is a Republican, has moved over to the position of election director. Her assistant recorder, who I have heard is just amazing. She is the best thing in that whole department, has now become the county recorder. So I think Pinal County, it's safe to say, is, go is in good hands, good Republican hands now. And going forward, all legal voters will be able to cast a ballot. We're working very, very hard to make sure that it's easy for legal voters to be able to vote and hard, if not impossible, to cheat. The Democrats want different. They want something different. We've got an initiative that they've brought to the ballot. They call it the Fair Elections um, Initiative. It has nothing to do with fair elections. It's all about power in Washington, D.C., federalizing our elections, voting without voter ID, extending voting for three months of, of having have, an election. It's ridiculous. It's got to be defeated. Got to be defeated. I should know this. Do you have voter ID in Arizona? We do. We do, except with the mail-in pro, uh, program. So with oh, the mail-in program, as Trump said, it's the biggest place for fraud. As Republicans and Democrats have said for decades, it is ripe and it is a place where fraud can occur because the only ID that you have. So what to have, are you doing about it? Well, so it's the signature it? on the ballot. Um, and so we want voter ID even with that. I would love to see the legislature add um, where you have to send your your um, a copy of your ID in with your vote. I don't think there's anything at all wrong with that. Verifying the signatures also needs to be codified across the, the state. Um, now, in 15 counties, the signatures can be verified in completely different ways. We need to get rid of drop boxes. I think drop boxes are illegal. I've been suing to, um, to make that happen. I've joined with Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham to demand paper ballots and one-day voting 
across the board. Um, we've got to get mail-in voting under control. The disappointment is that we have a Republican governor and we had Republican Senate and a Republican House here in Arizona, and every election integrity measure, almost every single one of them was shot down. The good news is the people who shot them down, Rusty Bowers and, and his cronies, are now voted out. So this come January 2023, this state is going in the right direction on elections. Yeah, the problem is we got to get through this 2022 election to get there. Uh, we do. And, and that's going to, I hope you've got watchers watching watchers because this is going to be something. Uh, Arizona's already shown us in 2020 what uh, can happen. And I know that you've done everything you can to uh, to make it, uh, to fix it to the degree yeah. you can. But, I even wrote a book, Lou. I mean, I have a book called Justified, the story of America's audit. It tells everything that happened before, right. during, right. and after, as well as policies that we can put in place to restore voter confidence and restore election integrity. I hope that people take that to heart by in the next legislative session, but we will have eyes on the process here in November, sure. throughout early voting and on election day, we are not going to let people cheat. We are going to stop it in in its tracks, and um, and we we will have amazing elections. Well, God bless you, and for everything that you're done and are doing, I, I've got to ask you. I going through the the list of counties, I noticed that uh, Maricopa County has a different uh, voting. Uh, machine company than uh, the, most of the counties, uh, along with Havapai County, which uh, has uh, uh, Unison uh, as their machines, uh, while everybody else is ES&S. Uh, why is there that difference, and how much influence does the Secretary of State have over those uh, choices on those machines? Well, we you, you probably know. Am I allowed to say the name of the, the company? Uh, I'm yes, say it. this is America uh, on this show. Thank you. Uh, I, Dominion, I have never been a fan of Dominion. I put out a video about Dominion right after the election of 2020, exposing a lot of um, of the problems, big problems with Dominion. The counties have local autonomy and local authority to purchase that information. But I will tell you the county that I live in, Mojave County, the most conservative county in Arizona and maybe the most conservative in the whole United States, their supervisors, my friends, people that I know, they when they learned about Dominion, they said, this is not secure. This is not safe. We would never use Dominion. Now, Dominion came in, and I'm sure that Katie Hobbs had some input into that choice, along with Adrian Fontes, who was the recorder in the past, who's running for Secretary of State right now, who wants to be in control of Arizona elections and can't be anywhere near that office. They, um, I don't know what kind of rewards the they were given, what kind of rewards and incentives the Board of Supervisors was given, but I certainly know that the people of Arizona don't trust Dominion. They don't trust the tabulators. They, and they don't trust the county, even though there are so-called Republicans that are on that board of supervisors and as the recorder right now. They've been apologists for Dominion and for the, the, the ridiculousness at Maricopa County in 2020 and beyond. And I'll tell you this, Lou, there's some other people that are going to be targets of unelecting come 2024. Well, it's it's it's. It's good that you're uh, taking on all of this, and I think everyone's getting a sense, though, the 
listening to us, uh, of what you're up against and what you have to contend with to deliver uh, elections uh, and the outcome uh, that is fair and honest, uh, and as the president would say inversely, not rigged. Uh, right. it, it's just it, it is just a tough, tough time. Yep. And thank you for being so smart well, and so tough. And we wish you all the very best and look forward to talking to you here soon. We always give our guests an opportunity uh, for the last word, uh, the concluding thoughts to the show. I, I hate to give up that last word, but here it is. <laughs> it's yours, Kelly. <laughs> well, from, so from the time, Lou, from the time that I ran against Senator John McCain way back in 2016, I've been put through the fire. I have been drug around by the establishment and by the fake news. Um, and they, they expected that I was going to retreat. But they actually honed me in that fire so that I could go on this fight at this time. God puts you in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And as chairman of the Republican Party of Arizona, I have been able to help our candidates, to help our people, to help our state to get back on track. I want everybody to join with me in this effort. You can come and find out all about just me, kellyward.com, Kelly with an I, because I care about the people, or come on social media, help amplify this message. Kelly Ward AZ, um, Kelly with an I, Kelly with an I. And, and together we will be able to save Arizona, save America, and yes, ultra, ultra make America great again. Absolutely. A, a, a mission, a goal, an objective, uh, and an outcome that we just simply, we, we all share and which we have to have in this, uh, this critically important year. Uh, there was also the group uh, for those who want to volunteer for the election. Uh, you said, I think, AZ Election Protection. Uh, could you give us that com. URL? Yep. AZElectionProtection.com. And don't make the mistake of going to Arizona because the Democrats bought that. Um, and that's the enemy, azelectionprotection.com. Join us. Well, those communists to do that, <laughs> I like AZ better for, for purposes of a U, URL. Uh, and uh, the, again, azelectionprotection.com. Kelly, thanks for being with us. Uh, you're absolutely terrific. We are deeply appreciative of both your time and all that you're doing for this great state of Arizona and for the American people. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lou. God bless you. God bless America. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Here tomorrow, we'll have Senator Tommy Tuberville and best-selling author, author of The Plot to Overthrow the President, Lee Smith. All coming up tomorrow on The Great America Show. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>